Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alias Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today, I'm joined with Tanner Shen, Security Engineering Team Lead here at Alias InfoSec, and we're going to talk about setting up a home lab. Um, Tanner, thank you so much for joining me. If you wouldn't mind, can you just kick it off? What exactly is a home lab? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a home lab is just going to be some either hardware that you have at home or whatever you have access to at home. Historically, a home lab has always been hardware. People think about it from that lens of this is my lab. I can I have it in my garage. I have it in my closet. This is the servers that are racked. It doesn't necessarily need to be that way anymore. That is historically, like I said, how it's always been whatever hardware you can scrounge up to build a mock environment on and learn on. Mm-hmm. It can be something that you're sitting there to attack, but it doesn't need to be isolated to penetration testing or security even. You can do really anything with it. You could set up networks with networking equipment. You could set up servers and learn how to manage an Active Directory environment. You can really do anything with it. So you said that's how it traditionally was set up, So with the hardware. So how would you say a current setup could look like? Depends on who you ask. Um, if you ask me, I got tired of paying electric bills for hardware. I got tired of having hardware that was old when I got it and almost useless four years later. Yeah. Um, so I've you know, ended up with all kinds of old servers that I basically couldn't even get rid of. I uh, hit a point where I didn't really need the physical equipment for anything. If you need to learn the physical hardware, that's one thing that's great. See what you can get access to. You can get really, really far, especially in this day and age, with just what you virtualize. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's there's some some great stuff you can get for free from AWS, uh, Amazon Web. You get all kinds of free stuff starting off. They even do some free classes. If you have a .edu account, you can get Azure for free uh, to a certain extent, and you can set up all kinds of stuff. If not, you can usually do it for pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. You can set up virtual machines on Linode and DigitalOcean. Um, one of the things that we utilize more than anything uh, is Snap Labs. And Snap Labs is essentially pre-configured modules that you could just plug together. Oh, uh, that's convenient. Yeah, it's, it's really quick. Uh, that's one of the things we use to train interns and junior engineers and everything else. Uh, you, can, you can spin up an Active Directory environment really quick. But even aside from that, uh, there's all kinds of people who've done incredible things. Uh, shout out to a couple of projects, Attack Lab and Defense Lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find those out on GitHub. Uh, GitHub sorry. They use Vagrant for, uh, for standing up those environments where all you have to do is set it up and then run the command Vagrant up, and then it'll just spin up the whole environment where you have all these servers, all these workstations, and it's essentially everything that you would need for a, a mock standard normal environment. It has a domain controller. It has Active Directory pre-configured. It has workstations. So um, those are those are really really great projects. That sounds like a fantastic resource. Absolutely, absolutely. And these are these are free community projects out on GitHub. They're open source. Um, there's there's some other ones. Um, Volnhub is fantastic. You can download virtual machines that have known vulnerabilities spin those up just on your workstation and uh, attack them from your workstation to, to learn the exploits. Um, exploit DB, whenever they post exploits, a lot of the times that they will actually capture the vulnerable software where you can go download that software and exploit it. So if you uh, you have a customer that you know has, oh, they have this software, it's vulnerable, um, go ahead and see if you can download it on there and fire an exploit at it, see if you can get it to work in a lab before you try it in a production environment. Yeah. 
I was like, that's kind of what home labs are set up for, right? Testing all sorts of different things, breaking all sorts of different things before you take it to more of a real world environment, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it can either be for learning purposes or it can be for, hey, I want to know if this will break prod. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So then who would you say, I mean, I guess if it can be for learning or just standard production testing, just about anybody who is doing anything in tech probably needs and should have a home lab set up. I think everybody should have a home lab, and I think that most everybody does, whether they realize it or not. Okay. I think that a lot of people, they run, a, they run a Windows virtual machine to try things on. They run a Linux virtual machine to try things on. In the most simple form of it, that's essentially a home lab. You might not have switches and a domain controller and everything else, but when it really comes down to it, anything that you're testing on is really what the purpose of a home lab is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that... that Everyone in tech, not not just security. If you're doing networking, which is kind of, I, I started off in security, took mm-hmm. my took my ten year detour down networking really hardcore, um, and yeah, we used um, we used Packet Tracer and GNS three, which emulates switches, and you can emulate all these environments. And you know that was where I was living out of. I had some switches at home that I was trying to learn on, and mm-hmm. it's so expensive to try to buy that equipment. You can download yeah. these images and spin them up for free. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a pain to get it running, but I mean, it's that's essentially everything you need. I mean, it sounds like it would still be a pain to get hardware up and running. Yeah, as well, <laughs> more of a pain in the wallet than anything. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Yeah, um, very cool. So then, tell me about your home lab setup because I assume you guys have one, right? You have one. Yeah, absolutely. So, honestly. I've got some dusty old servers that aren't even powered on because like I mentioned, mm-hmm. everything I do is in the cloud now. Yeah. I've got a few, I've got a few Linode boxes um, and they are not even just home lab, but like I oftentimes use an iPad mm-hmm. in front of me Yeah, and I'll remote into those servers. And if I need a Kali box, I'll just remote into my Kali box and I just use it from here. Um, so the majority of everything that I'm doing is either on Snap Labs or Linode. Um, we, we just spin up the environments as we need them. Um, I don't really have anything that exists uh, persistently across months. I set it up for a project when I need it, and then I say, okay, cool, and then I turn it off. There's no reason to waste resources if I'm not using it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, so you talked about how there's a handful of different services on GitHub. Is that kind of where you would recommend looking at, like, GitHub? You said AWS as well to try and find these different virtual... Yeah, so with... Well, AWS and Azure are going to be... If you want to install a server and set up a server, those are really good resources to go to because not only are you learning to set up the servers and you're learning, like, say you want to set up a domain controller and a few workstations, not only are you learning that, you're also learning AWS or Azure, which is super important because that's the way the world is moving. Everybody's going cloud-based. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the most common things that we're asked now is, hey, we want a cloud security assessment. And it's just their, their cloud environment that they're worried about because that's the production. So not only, by, by doing that, not only are you learning the, what you set out to learn, you're going to learn the painstaking way of setting up AWS. So <laughs> it might kind of suck at first, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth it. And so I assume you would recommend setting up a home lab or something like this or testing out how to set up Azure or AWS, especially for people trying to get into like their first jobs, right? 
Absolutely. Um, if if I'm sitting in an interview and somebody mentions to me, well, I did this in my home lab, I'm going to say, cool, tell me about your home lab every single time. And that's huge bonus points. Like if you, if you cared enough to take the effort to go and replicate a real environment, even just to the best of your abilities, if it's on a shoestring budget, Whatever you did, if you were if you had no money at all to do it and used a ton of ingenuity to do it, even better. That's awesome. That's what I love to see. So I mean, not only will it teach you the skills, but if you tell a possible employer that, hey, yeah, I did this in my home lab, and then you tell them about your home lab, I mean, that shows that you have a certain amount of ingenuity and that you care. And I mean, it shows that curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, that's what I hear a lot of people say is like the good definition or the good telling of like a hacker or somebody with that mentality is just curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your, your typical hackers are the people who broke things whenever they were little from taking them apart. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and tried to figure out how to put them back together again, right? With varying, Sometimes. varying degrees of success, yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, is there anything else you wanted to add about home labs? I mean, I think that pretty much covers most of it. And like I said, whenever whenever you asked me if we wanted to talk about home labs, <laughs> I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to have the typical answers that people like. And I could talk about hardware and where to get hardware. I could, you know, for if you do want to go that route, mm-hmm. let's cover it. Yes. Uh, Craigslist, eBay, Facebook Marketplace. Okay. Talk to people, haggle. Get some old servers, get them set up if you want to do the hardware route. Nothing wrong with that. You can find all kinds of stuff that are not server racks to mount servers into. I had a table from Ikea that was the perfect width for for servers. Uh And I had servers just mounted in this table in my living room. And I mean, that was, I was, you know, single and did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you could have it in your living room. (laughs) So I, like I said, I went that route. Moved away from it. There's nothing wrong with that. Learning hardware is fantastic. But I think you're going to end up sinking cost into it that you don't necessarily need. So um, that's that's how to – So it's it's a good knowledge opportunity for you to learn, but it's not necessarily kind of the best option for everybody who doesn't want to spend a whole bunch of money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and some people do monetize it. You know, oh, okay. If, if some people have some decent hardware, mm-hmm. they might go, hey, I'm going to set up some particular service for people. Maybe people want to host websites here. I don't know that I recommend that, but I've known people that have done that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Well, um, I think that's about all the questions I had. So it sounds like home labs are a great option for people to kind of test all sorts of different things in environments that you don't have to really worry about breaking anything. Uh, it's almost encouraged to try and break stuff in your home lab setup, right? You should have a home lab. Period. Yeah, that's it. That's the summary. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Tanner, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Yeah, thank you for having me.